da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So the last time we met in an official capacity to record, we discussed Christopher Nolan and his Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, for sure. It was a success. Frolicking. Uh, on all accounts. There I say. Right? It was frolicking. <laughs> frolicking, too. It was where we frolicked through right. his filmography. It's a yeah. easily frolicking sort of movie, both all of them, I feel like. Yeah. Really We've been described as audio frolicking for a while, <laughs> yeah. so it's good to use that yeah. in context. Yeah. Is that? Oh, okay. I always just, I always see the F word board out, and I just assume. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> Richard has a weird filter on his computer that just blanks out all F-words. We're keeping <laughs> this safe. consistent with the theme of Nolan, I guess. Yeah, we chrome, should do all the Nolan movies extension. this year before uh, before Dunkirk. Mad about like. Nolan. Yeah, let's do it. Needs to just change the name. Yeah. The numbers prove it, that we could just do that. No, we uh, can probably good, yeah. Just do yeah. The Dark Knight uh, every week, how about that? Yeah, yeah no. seriously. Uh, yeah, we haven't done Inception. Right. right. We have. We, we did way yeah, back. yeah it was an we? early yeah. throwback like uh-huh. in our first but of course one of the first ones we did it, probably but. so then the only ones we have left are Memento and uh, the one that with Robin Williams Insomnia, and, Insomnia. and then Following is that his first movie oh that, yeah I was forget about some pretty movie. small so the Prestige is where we prestige. arrived this evening and this is um a popular one we put out a poll I think on Twitter mm-hmm. yeah this voting was the fans for the, choice. The, the fans choice episode. Mm-hmm. By the way, we're all together. Yeah, we're in the um, same room. We are in the city of Denton, mm-hmm. Texas. Richard's kind of like a hometown in a way, or college town. I did go to Spent college. Spent a lot of time in Denton. I love, I, I, people always call me the head of the Chamber of Commerce of Denton. <laughs> I, I've, I've, put, I've put a lot of money in this city. You need right? to run for mayor and like yeah. just Harvey Dent the whole place. Or <laughs> not, I mean, yeah. he wasn't the mayor, but... Um, right. Yeah, just, I want to see signs around and say that say Barden right. is the man or whatever I all around downtown. <laughs> it's weird because I'm currently the head of the Rotary Club here, so okay. it works out really well. <laughs> You've always been a Rotary guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a speech. What's the speech like? This this Toastmasters. I'm yeah, head of the Toastmasters here. Uh, yeah, no, this is a great city. If you don't, if you're not familiar with Texas geography, Denton's about. Well, how dare you? First of all, forty minutes north of Dallas and Fort Worth. It's kind of like if you were to make a triangle. Denton would be the top of the triangle, and then out each way are Dallas and Fort Worth. Sure. And uh, it's a cool little college town, and Kent lives here now. Yeah. And I don't get up here nearly as much as I, I'd like to. It's such a So if you're, if you're ever in the Plex, come on by good old Denton, Texas. It's yeah. kind of a minute. If you're like a fan of cities like Austin and Portland and things like that, Denton is kind of like a miniature version of that. It's a classic college town with a great downtown Texas-style courthouse square. Yeah, with some wonderful yeah. eateries. It's Those gotten a lot cooler over the last. Oh yeah, 10 for years sure. So because like I t- I did my grad school work here and it was kind of a bummer of yeah. down during that, in, that period. In, feel free to brag. You have your master's in chemistry. Uh, I have half of my master's in, in ke- education, sir. So <laughs> oh. get it right. I thought it was molecular <laughs> chemistry, physics. Chemistry. Yeah. No, I tried one <laughs> class in chemistry and they were like, "You're dumb." It get would be great. <laughs> it would be sir, great. Please if you, leave. If yeah, you had go like, be a PE teacher. We're not bro. continuing the class until you physically leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be great though if Brian had like seven advanced degrees yeah. and then just talked about movies on a podcast. Uh. All in science. We can start creating that persona. <laughs> I'd like to. That's my new bit. Um, so Dr. what actually Dr. happened Dr. was the actor Jason Lee came here mm-hmm. and like fell in love with the town, uh-huh. basically moved in and like adopted it as like his city. Mm-hmm. So he's like this ambassador for Denton. He opened up a nice restaurant in the square. Mm-hmm. And he always invites celebrities to come do events in Denton. 
Uh, they they shot my name friend. is Earl here. The whole the whole thing. <laughs> really? The entire series. No, I think it was later that he was looking for kind yeah, of a small yeah. town vibe, but he's like, oh my gosh, Dallas is thirty minutes away from this. Right. Like this is the best. Um, so he came out here and they brought the the Denton kind of Chamber of Commerce brought out an evening with Kevin Smith, <laughs> like the Arts Council, like brought him out and I can it, still smell it. it. Yeah, it's it sold out immediately. Knowing the people of Denton, they uh, framed his hockey jersey that he wore that night. <laughs> they but did, it's they in put, like six inches of steel of glass. UNT <laughs> hockey protect. jersey yeah. with Green Smith Green. on the back. Keep the smell out. Oh, uh, go Green Green. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he's doing uh, good. Jay and Silent Bob. Mm. I look forward to not watching that. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're gonna go <laughs> Silent Bob Seven. We're gonna go Pod right after. If Affleck's involved again, I might have to see it. Though, if he doesn't, so great. If those. he doesn't turn into a walrus in it, though, <laughs> is this part of the trilogy? Yeah, the it's, Arctic trilogy or whatever. He doesn't get made. enough credit. That was the original lobster, <laughs> right? Was yeah, Tusk. Yes. That movie is actually the hey, interpretation Kevin. of Tusk. I think. Yeah. <laughs> All Kevin, Kevin are, Smith right? is the worst advocate or the worst example of why marijuana should be legal. Too. It's like your career has significantly gotten worse since you started smoking pot. And there's like proof in several yeah. areas. Just how about you stop getting high and thinking of movie ideas on your podcast? Like that's how those movies came. Is He's such a frustrating presence because he like, it seems like, he a, seems like he gets it sometimes. Like he had that he great did tweet. Get it. He last got it week. for a while. I know. Like last week or week before when somebody was asking, somebody tweeted him about doing the Batman movie and he you made a very self-deprecating, yes, funny bit. Like they would never it. ask like, me because yes, I'm terrible. Exactly, because I made hockey hosers or whatever it's called. Uh, yoga hosers. Yoga hosers, sorry. Uh, hockey hosers is, you know. That's your, uh, you're thinking of Goon, right? <laughs> that's your crossover fan fiction. <laughs> hockey hosers. You're working on it for Your view askew uh, universe fan let fiction. The, let the listener in, unfortunately. Um, but he seems to get it. And he's great at Comic-Cons and stuff like that. But then he's also Kevin Smith. And he also makes these movies. Yeah. Like, what's, it's, it's hard to... Uh, to rectify no. which Kevin Smith is Kevin Smith anymore. Which one you're getting every time. Yeah. Well, we know which one we're getting. Now, so. <laughs> All right. It. Kevin Smith talk uh, mm-hmm. is over for this week. Well, I guess. As oh, a, we'll get back to we'll it. Classic transition. Well, the prestige actually has a lot in common with <laughs> yeah. all rats. Yeah. Kevin Smith. <laughs> they both have the stick, stink palm. <laughs> Christian Bale's <laughs> version is better. They, both, though, can be, they both can be shown on a screen. That's about the, all they have in common. Um, okay. So, all that to say, um, the fans chose this episode mm-hmm. and demanded it in a way. And so we're th- right now we're recording like five episodes yeah. and we're going to be releasing them over the next month or two. So this will probably be the first. Let's just keep it consistent, but uh, look out for those. And we'll yeah. kind of keep them a secret yeah. and make them surprises. They're all ones that have anniversaries this year or some kind of significance to something yeah. being released this year or sure. some tie-in. Okay, so... The Prestige. Where do you guys fall on this one? General thoughts, um, Brian. Um, the Prestige, when I saw it the first time, I don't think I really got it. I don't think I totally understood what was Also, happening. to be fair, you hate magic. I do hate magic. So. However, I will say, I do hate magic, but this time period of yeah. magic you like Houdini, is cool. Like yeah. The Houdini era of magic is yeah. acceptable magic. It's <laughs> it's current magic that is stupid and dumb. It's and like no country music. Yeah. Yes, yes. Do you love Willie Nelson? <laughs> yes, you do. Great. Well, I have the band for you. It's yeah. Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. They wear chain mail. Um, I've often said that Lance Burton is the Luke Bryan <laughs> of the magic world. Lance Burton? Forgot about him. Wow. Man. That's, a, that's a pull, dude. How did you pull that name? <laughs> I'm a, Lance Burton? I have Burton. a weird... I always have had... Had a weird 
uh, knowledge of magicians. I don't know why. I've always liked oh, just magic. as a lexicon of I, names. I, I, I know I the Copperfields. A and classic that, magic fan in that. I'm the only person ever, I think, that liked magic as a kid. And still, like, I like like magic shows, but I've never tried to be a magician. I'm completely a, f- a passive observer. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's, I like the idea of fooling I, people. I think I was the same way. I liked magic shows, but then I tried to do, like, one card trick. Yeah. And I failed yeah. miserably, and I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> I like, got a magic. so complex. Yeah. I used to do card trick stuff for my mom, and I would always, it, it never made my mom <laughs> laugh hard. Her favorite thing ever was me failing at doing magic tricks when <laughs> I was just, little. Just six-year-old Richard just cussing and throwing the cards down. <laughs> I love the, She's just uh, howling, yeah. laughing at me. But, uh, yeah. The, so the, the definition of magic has kind of changed over the past uh, oh, decade. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, we knew Chris Angel's personal. That's what I mean. <laughs> He completely yeah. revolutionized. <laughs> completely. He's like the Dirk Nowitzki of magic. Like, he brought Giannis. affliction into magic. I mean, that's basically... <laughs> that was, those are two worlds waiting to cross. Yeah. Yeah. Axe body spray. Yeah. And magic. He's like, I'm not going to chop this woman in half with a saw. I'm going to chop her in half with an axe. <laughs> Sponsored by axe. Yeah. The, the whole, they douse the whole audience with just... <laughs> It stings uh, the eyes. <laughs> it stings the soul. Um, okay. So yeah. the, the definition has kind of changed. Uh-huh. And I'm just saying people like David Blaine have done, you know, endurance right. Ugh. Yeah. in order and called it kind of magic just because nobody is supposed to be able to do this kind of stuff. He's right. kind of doing throwback Houdini style tricks. Yeah. And I kind of like that. I don't, I don't really necessarily like the stage show because no. you know, it's all no. mirrors and trap doors and perspective. Yeah. Right? If you sit up in the rafters, you can totally, you see can totally tell that, that it's not real. So if great. you sit in the rafters. So great. Oh, I'll get those seats next time. <laughs> yeah. When are we going to try that out? The, the, the great, I think the best description of magic is uh pen and teller say magic is lying to tell a greater truth. Yeah. Pen and teller right? use it. Co- oh yeah. To do it's like a medium for them to oh, yeah. to do their bits and st- and be comedians yeah. and you know political commentary yeah. and stuff. American but. Treasures Penn yeah. Teller by the way. <laughs> yeah. Especially Teller. Yeah. I really want to go see. You know Teller does these productions of Shakespeare. He's a big Shakespeare scholar. He was like a Latin professor before he's a magician. And he does these, you know, there's so much magic in Shakespeare with witches and stuff. Mhm. And he does these productions of Shakespeare that like have magic in them, huh. and apparently they're just like the coolest. That's cool. I want to go so bad, but they're always in like San Diego. Like he just does them at these weird theaters. But I would love to go. Hmm. Yeah, that cool. would be. Those guys have definitely kind of kept magic cool, mm-hmm. Penn and Teller, in some way. You know, with uh, how they kind of have evolved their comedy. They're a comedy bit. Yeah. Um, yes. Exactly. And doing magic, that's pretty awesome. But uh, and this, this is the talking guy and the silent guy bit. There should always be that yes. in it. When right. they die, two other people need to come in. That's such right. a solid bit. Yeah. Teller yeah. needs more credit for his just being able to do that for so long. I saw Penn. Penn says to this day he does not know how they do half the tricks. It's all Teller. Teller. To, <laughs> Penn just knows where to stand and where to talk. And he's like, because Penn doesn't like magic. He has no interest in it. And he's mm-hmm. like, I've, we've been doing these for thirty years. I have no idea. I, I could ask, but I just never have. Like it doesn't matter. Don't care. Just yeah. not even interested. <laughs> yeah, I don't That's care. Great. That's great. what I heard is the key, key to their success too is that they don't ever hang out. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not even friends. Like yeah. that's the only way for them to keep doing it is because they don't let it get personal yeah. between yeah. them. So hey, smart. Same with that, us. Same with uh, yeah. It's like it works for us. So <laughs> it can work for them. 
Um, but this era of magic and prestige is definitely cool. We do have because... a silent podcast partner, by the way, Jason, who's right here. Right. He hasn't right. ever said anything. Yeah. He's, he's our intermediary, <laughs> so it works. Yeah. So. Jason DeFranco. Um, he's the silent ma'am guy. <laughs> we'll include him in the logo eventually. It's weird that we keep giving him a headset. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Hey, say hey, Jason. Oh, he nodded. I think what's so intriguing about this um, this time period in the prestige is that I mean, none of us were there to witness it, really, but we all kind of see that, uh, well, they only had certain things. There's no way they could have tricked people back then. You know, like uh, the technology yeah. wasn't there right. for them to do all these elaborate yeah, it's a lot camera more. tricks and everything. It's a lot more. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's practical like practi- effects. Practical. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Practical. Um, and it's a lot more simple in the fact that, yeah, you make a woman disappear. You saw somebody in half. You, you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat kind of magic but there was always it was never real there was never in except in this movie where they kind of explore science fiction right to a certain degree but there was always an explanation um and in this movie the explanation is way more disappointing than you would think like, <laughs> like i always loved the uh the explanation of the trick like that's what kind of Mm-hmm. Turn me off of magic is that I would see all these incredible tricks and they would never tell you how you do it. And it was the most frustrating thing. Yeah. Like I would think that'd be cool to see a trick and then be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. And then, oh, here's how he did it. Wow, that's even more amazing that I didn't notice that. Like, sometimes that to it's me, that makes cooler. It, it makes it more interesting yeah. if when, you know how you When you eliminate the concept or the illusion of magic, the technique is way cool. Like watching right. them actually yeah. do this stuff with their fingers and yes. the th- when you once you know what they're really up to, it's like I'm just as impressed. Right. I know how you did it, but yeah. Exactly. That doesn't take anything away. 30 years to master. Like, right. that's so cool. I guess in these times, they would do that so people would just come back to the show to try to figure it out or something. Yeah. 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 But um, there's always kind of a, a real-world explanation for it. And uh, the way Nolan uses... I mean, this is the coolest movie about magic ever. Well, guys, we've uh, done plenty of hours of podcasts on another two films. <laughs> like, could the they prestige? don't throw cards in this one time. Yeah. So, could we talk about the Prestige for forty plus hours, like we have <laughs> magic movies? I don't know. Does that make it better? We'll uh, see. <laughs> yeah, um, he uses kind of this era, um, and kind of uh, you know that they're doing it somehow. Let's find out how. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uses film in the same way to trick the audience in uh, decept- deceiving right. the audience into th- thinking some one per. I mean, just like the audience in the movie sitting in the theater. You know, mm-hmm. we're we don't know we're being fooled. We think we're seeing everything. We think we're seeing the behind the scenes, and we yeah. think we're the most entitled people to actually know what's going on. But nope, he's tricking us too, and you don't really find out <laughs> yeah. until the end. But it's always been so clever, and the kind of first time you realize. What's happening is um, kind of Nolan at his best. Yeah, it's it's an uber complicated script, and uh, and then the way he put yes, and and maybe I think it's the one that verges on coming un, un, unraveling the most compared to like Inception mm-hmm. or um, Memento and even Interstellar. I think this one kind of it it, it sort of hits on. It, it's it's a top essentially. It, you don't know if it's gonna yeah. come together or not. And I think the first time I saw it, I wasn't. I don't think I really understood what happened. I was like, that was a really good movie, but I'm kind of confused on what mm-hmm. took place, and had to see it again and again. And and to this day, I would say I'd probably only seen. I watched it a couple of days ago, and it's the first time I'd watched it in several years. And I've probably only seen the movie three or four times. I like it more every time I see it. 
but it, it man it puts you through it and like it makes you work to figure out what's going on or to remember and like kind of process how everything is is coming together um i love all the reveals at times i'm not totally sure that you could figure out those reveals on your own or if you do just have to wait until they you know he he reveals everything to you at the end and that there's pros and cons to that i guess yeah richard any general thoughts on this one uh yeah no this is um this is i think i re- no one is unique in that i think he enjoys the math of screenwriting mm-hmm. more than the art of it and i don't mean that as a no, positive sure. or negative but he really likes twisting logic together and uh and 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 this movie is almost like it's a it's a great movie it doesn't take anything away but the whole movie to me is like an experiment for him like how do i get myself into these corners and then how do i get myself out yeah and uh it's fun to watch and great cast i mean he it's kind of his um uh usual suspects with kane and bale and um Obviously, um, Piper Parabu, <laughs> but uh, but Jackman's really good in this. Yeah, this might be his best yeah. performance, other than the X Men stuff. Yeah. The uh, at moments, I'm when so he's pumped for Logan, Logan guys. Yeah, that that might be like best actor, best picture. I know. Winner. Like he embodies fact, that character so well. Uh, yeah, he's so. And awesome. the fact that they went all in and made it rated R, and of course, doing this. Yep. Yeah, and <laughs> that could that could work to its. Like Deadpool almost got a best picture nomination yeah, right. because they just were like, we're going all in. We don't care. About money, really. Uh, we're just going to yeah. make the best movie. Fox and, uh, keeps... they Fox with these X-Men universe, that Marvel side of the universe, they are kind of like this in that they keep almost running off the rails yeah. and then something comes along out of the nowhere right. and saves it. Like right. the new class, whatever it was, Saved First by the class. Bell, the new class. Yeah. Um, that looked horrible and it was awesome. Yeah. And then Deadpool, no one really... You didn't, right. No one expected that to be a franchise. Right. Like, it was yeah, going to yeah. be like a throwaway kind of fun, funny movie. And so it's just, they, they keep kind of, I don't want to say lucky because it takes skill, but they right. keep like, now they can go another 10 years again. Yeah. <laughs> like it just yeah. keeps. Time to give it back to the rat, man. See what happens there. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I love the, the three stages of the trick too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, how there's always, the prestige is kind of the, mm-hmm. the grand reveal is always what you kind of have to have in a trick and how he uses that the grand reveal in yeah. the movie in the third kind of act when things are kind of flying, like twist after twist. You're like, what? Oh, God, shit. What's yeah. happening? You know, like Shyamalan style almost. Yeah. Um, but to a lesser extent, it doesn't negate the movie. Really. It just <laughs> right. kind of like yeah. explains more like that's all they're doing. Um, but I love how he uses that in, um, I love how he uses that in this as well. Like he kind of applies that theme that they throw at you at the beginning, they come back at the end, and then you realize the actual narrative structure of the movie is that. Sure. Uh, yeah. So the yeah, the, uh, the three stages. Mm. So I love that. Um, the scene where Christian Bale is kind of showing the kid the bird in the audience, where they show the kid the, the bird disappearing, <laughs> it goes down into the table, and the kid starts crying because, oh my gosh, you killed the bird. Right. And then Christian Bale comes up, no, here he is. He's like, no. You killed his brother or whatever, yeah. you know, like the kid wasn't fooled at all. Um, and that's all that, that in and of itself, like when there's, it's a movie about explanation and like, no, there's always an explanation. It, it's about sacrifice and explanation and repetitiveness. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that a lot of magic is just having two of something or multiple sure. people involved that are dressed like the same or distraction or um, deception, really. 
the fact that the kid kind of knows that it, mm. it sets a theme up for the movie as well as the the duplication aspect mm. of it uh, for sure. Uh, so that one's good. Um, this cast that works together, I love the kind of rivalry between mm. Bale and uh, and Jackman in here. Yeah, and and to your point, what you just said about the the birds, like there's a lot of duplicity between the two of them. It's not just that exactly. Um, it's it's the they kind of do this. It's not just that they're having a rivalry. It's that they they pop up at just the most inopportune mm-hmm. moments, and they do it, it. It gets more and more devious as they go, which makes sense. I mean, that's a logical um, escalation. I guess, but it's it's interesting to see them um, messing with each other in very similar and tragic ways, and then it just keeps you know getting worse and worse as it goes. And uh, in a movie about and that sort of hinges on practicality, and that's kind of what it's trying to at least we think tell us that there's an there's always a real world explanation for these types of things. Um, certainly, we'll find the real world explanation at the end. You know, for all this. Uh, the fact that they bring in the Tesla coil and that whole element, mm-hmm. does that kind of negate the practicality? Because there is this, how the heck does the cloning machine work, you know, <laughs> aspect to this. Yeah, that's to me, that's the hardest part of the movie to rectify and to really, um, I love it. I think it's really cool and it's interesting. Bowie. It's a great reveal, yeah. but it's kind of still, well, yeah. that, would, that couldn't happen. It, it, you know? it complicates... I don't know that it negates it necessarily, but it does complicate, at least for me, it complicates my feelings towards the movie and to to the narrative because it, and that's something that no one has done in the past, you know, the spinning top and Inception and, I mean, the entire, Interstellar's entire movie hinges on sort of a fantastical mm-hmm. I don't know, spiritual connection. Of Matt, Matthew McConaughey being a scientist. <laughs> right. Like, we're supposed to believe that. I mean, I didn't lead. buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he, he, he kind of, he tinkers with that at times, but this is the one where it's like, there's no, there really is no other explanation. It is either you, he, he is, he's creating real magic with a, with a Tesla coil. And so it, it complicates how I feel about the movie. And I, I'm, Every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I love this. I don't know how that really ties in. If it uh-huh. ties in, if it ties in well, or if I'm in or if I'm out, basically, and I can't, I still don't know. <laughs> After every time I watch, I'm like, I'm not sure where I fall um, on that particular, like the way that that plays out, because it's it yeah, makes for a great movie, but it does take a slight. It takes you in a different direction. I'm not sure that it's great or not in some ways. It kind of is deceiving the Jackman character because. His whole reason for the Tesla thing is a to find out the secrets of his other guy, mm-hmm. who he, you know, with the the fact that they reveal that Tesla is kind of the key word in his uh, yeah mm-hmm. cipher mm-hmm. journal or whatever his book of secrets. And by the way, the commitment. I mean, this movie is about commitment too, and it's about how far will you go to protect your legacy. Yeah, and uh, I love that kind of social commentary aspect of it, but. Uh, uh, the fact that Bale is so committed to this in every way is really impressive. Like you think that uh, the, the Scarlett Johansson character is kind of there to, I don't know, spy on him and say, and for the audience to think, well, this is just a normal guy. He's really there's really not a big trick behind all this. He's just a better magician than Jackman. Yeah. Um, but then we kind of get the reveal that uh, 
there's more than one of him. And uh, the, the suspicion of Jackman to, to say he's got to be using doubles. There's no way to do this yeah. um, otherwise. And for her, Johansson, to say, no, he's not, you know, it's kind of like the audience like, OK, no, he's not, you know. Yeah. And then to bring that back at the end and say, oh, he was using doubles this whole time. And it just it's just when he says, I think it's uh, the links you'll go to. It's not easy. um being like this and they sh- they're showing him getting his finger cut off because the other guy had got his finger cut off. You know, mm-hmm. it's like he is, we is, we're willing to do that to protect the illusion. Right. And so that, that whole aspect of this is incredible too. Um, so Jackman kind of wanted the machine for the reason to transport himself. Yeah. I don't think, I think it was just, uh, much to his surprise that it was actually a cloning machine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's maybe the, my favorite part of the, the of their back and forth rivalry is is Bale's character um, creating an entire journal in cipher that is basically a wild goose chase. That's what I mean. It's like, incredible. The commitment like, to the yeah. cipher <laughs> yeah. to say I'm at the end of this. I'm just gonna say screw you. You yeah. thought this was real. You're right. such a sucker. You right. know exactly. Yeah. Is yeah. uh, crazy. So, yeah. It's in having that ultimately play out into resulting in his <laughs> own death is like such. It's very dark. I mean, yeah, this movie's super. It's dark. really, really dark and heavy. Um, and it's as much as it's about commitment. I think it's also just about like your choices. Your choices lead you to a path one way or the mm-hmm. other. And in this one, it's like the escalation of poor choices leading to both of them ultimately. Um, being ultimately a not not living uh a, the life that they are capable of living and b then you know paying for it with their with their lives essentially hey ma'am fam question for you do you own a small business or are you a boss are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role well, let me tell you about ziprecruiter.com With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh, it's sourced from local farms, and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, Soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better 
with a movie, then dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I mean, other than the Tesla coil aspect, which I loved, and I love the incorporation of magic back then. Electricity kind of was magic right, back then. Right. So I love the incorporation of that into an act. Like if he had worked that into his act somehow, and mm-hmm. um, that was kind of his finale kind of thing. And, right. and, you know, Christian Bale never had, never knew Tesla, never got that kind of exclusive window into that technology. I, I would love that. Um, but the other kind of unbelievable part of this to me is the kind of Scooby-Doo, I'm going to pull my mask back like uh, with, uh, with Jackman and Michael Caine kind of towards the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like, what? Does that yeah. negate anything? You know, does that kind of now you see me any of this? You know, <laughs> like he wouldn't have said that at that moment if he had known he was, um, if he if he had no if he wasn't Michael Caine to begin with. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, that's another kind of you thought it was one way and it's actually the other way, but it's kind of unbelievable. So there are kind of two in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about the the latter, but totally no. It's it's uh. It's the best thing you can say about all Nolan movies is if you ever seen a Christopher Nolan movie and not talked about it for like an hour after yes. you've seen it, like yeah. they're such they're so thought provoking, even in their poor choices like that. Can't like that's such a statement of like uh, of artistic. It's such a leap. It's such a it's such a risk. Yeah, to go. He doesn't that play it safe. It. I mean, no. he's such a great director. I think the the best reveal is that. The fact that Bale was twins, I think that's the most unbelievable. Like, yeah, the most, but it was like, weird. Oh, wow, they, they had know? the Bud Light and Twins theme kicks in right when you were in that. <laughs> I killed the moments. Of the and then only the director's cut though. And then Harrelson oh, okay. and I'd his twin come in, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then they cross it over with the eye, and like they reveal that Bale is just a member of the eye the whole time. That's well, that was my next question. I have this actually written down in my notes here. What? How much do we factor in the eye into this? <laughs> it could. That could be the grand reveal. Like, and now you see me three. Yeah. Just they ties could, right in. It could, they could go actually back to the... Maybe that's the carousel because it's from that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Because Houdini's I mean, body is actually... Maybe the carousel is carousel. a time machine and it brings them back. Seriously, Rachel what, McAdams comes right out of the time machine. <laughs> yep. Oh, what man. would you guys do if you found out that Chris Nolan was directing Now You See Me 3? I'd be very excited. <laughs> And I mean, the fact that it could be good. Yeah, I'm excited. Because I know it's not going to be good otherwise. I don't know how good Now You See Me can be without uh, a spinning camera, though. So I don't, he oh, He's really working that in, camera. but it's IMAX spinning camera. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's next Oof. level. Yeah. Man. He loves the IMAX. Get ready to puke, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to put money on the fact that Now You See Me 3 will be a Mick G production? <laughs> like, is there a any big, way it's big, not? It is headed that way. A Mick, big G, joint. Mick G or Brett Ratner? Oh, gosh. I'm going to whip. Uh, <laughs> I think had it choose. is John M. Chu, though. Like, they're going, oh, they are? Chu, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's coming back, man. You got to, man. After that second one. Yeah, I mean, you got to. You can't let him knock. You can't let him, can't let him get vision. away. Because, <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, you know, step up, five can snatch him up like that. Right, yeah, or G.I. Joe, six, yeah. or whatever. So that's what you have to protect yourself. You got to get that in the production quickly so you can lock him down. Yeah. Also in here, they kind of uh, talk about the sad reality of magic and the fact that people drown and things like that. Yeah. And you kind of really feel sympathy at first for it. And then you're and like, but you're but. doing stupid magic tricks for a living. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, first of all, why is Michael Caine the one 
banging on the, uh, <laughs> with the hammer, trying that to free the, the guy, and Christian yeah. Bale standing right yeah, there yeah. or whatever. Like, Batman just, sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Now, the old guy. You got guy this weak it. old it's guy yeah. <laughs> trying to save him. I never thought that made sense at all. And at the end, when uh, Christian Bale is trying to save who he thinks is um, Jackman, mm-hmm. um, Michael Caine, like at the last minute, like comes and grabs the axe from him at yeah. the end. Like it, you could have saved him if you yeah. just not taken the axe for him. But the, just leave the Michael Caine is awful at magic and magic involved related things. Right. Yeah, I think we've had four movies. Great actor, that. European treasure. If those were a thing, which are impossible, but right. uh, <laughs> but he, yeah, he, anything with magic, he's he's got a weakness for it. Maybe that's why he did. Now you see me though. He's like, I had a good experience last time. Yeah, yeah. And he likes to get paid. So that's true. Keep getting them checks, Michael mm-hmm. Cade. Absolutely. Uh so what uh what do you guys feel about the end? What's your favorite uh reveal in this? I'm with you. I like the reveal that, that Christian Bale is a twin. That's a in hindsight you you can see it coming, but yeah. I I don't think there's any way that you well, I don't I'm sure there are people out there like oh, I knew it from the very beginning, yeah. but like for me, at least, I'd never, I didn't see the first time around. I was like, what? I totally didn't see it coming. You can kind of see the, the, sha- the foreshadowing with it and the, the way that Nolan shoots um, the Fallon character. But even if you could figure out that he's a twin, I don't think that it, it adds like a super extra element to it with um, the fact that they, that they play, that each of them played each other. Yeah. And, and that, that takes it to they a They essentially whole other live level. as one person. Right. Kind of, yeah. Right. And, and that's a, I mean, I think that's a they both. Kind of that's a the sacrifice they make is that they right. each live half a life, right? For the for the bit, if yeah. you will, you know. Um, and the key is that they switch at the most random time, so mm-hmm. you never can catch them because yeah. it's always randomized. And who's going to be the person in the door, and who's going to be the person out of the door, mm-hmm. you know? So you never really, oh, you're not the other guy, you know. You never really are the. You never see him long enough to catch on, you know, because yeah. it's always new and fresh or. Um, they do it, they do it perfectly. Um, but I like how the theme is kind of the transport between time, you know, like the fact that they want to get from point A to point B in one second and all that kind of throws you off. But Nolan uses that in the editing of the movie. The fact that the first scene with the voiceover, they kind of try to reveal that as him in court, you know, um, but you, while you're seeing that, you're seeing the bird and the daughter and that whole thing. Right. You never really realize that's actually the last scene in the movie. Yeah. And so that's deceiving in that way. The, the kind of jumping between point A and point B in film can be, you know, in between scenes, you can jump three months, you know, a year, you know, five seconds or whatever. Sure. Um, I heard that he was influenced by the Thin Red Line in the fact that that, that movie kind of weaves in flashbacks so... Mm-hmm well without you know big dissolves or like huge right. music swells that you it's kind of deceiving the audience but also it makes it more interesting it makes you want to go back and watch it more to say what how what is the timeline of this yeah like, at what point do you realize it's non-linear you know I, I do think i think that's the if there's a failing of this movie i think that's what it is in that it's very interesting to rewatch and see it for the second or the third or the fourth time and piece it together but i do think it I think there's a lot of people that watch it for the first time and say, well, I don't, 
what in the crap just happened and I don't want to and I think it's the time stuff that really jacks with people. I think that's Inception the same is the same way I think Inception but, is more but, seamless in the way that it puts those things yeah, together see, uh, one of my big things in life is I don't find and I'm not smart and I know so many people that are so much smarter than me that are well, I don't think I think Inception, uh, Inception rather is completely logical like it, it oh absolutely yeah, but after the first time you want to see it again totally yeah just absolutely. to figure it just to but make I know sure people that have watched it really smart people that have yeah. watched it like 30 times and have no idea what's going on it's like i thought he pulled it off perfectly i, I agree it's I, so go back easy. and listen to our episode because i remember us breaking it down like which level the dream yeah. Yeah. is in at which time and it's all really easy yeah you know? I, i'm totally with you i've never found inception over i mean it's complicated just by its nature yeah. but it, it always every aspect of it makes sense to me the prestige I I think I f- I understand it after two or three viewings. I think mm-hmm. I've gotten yeah. It all this movie is way more complex. But it is me. it's it may be overly complex, and I think it's the time the time loop stuff is what I think is a little bit disconnected sure. from the rest, and maybe is what poses a problem for. Like I know we got tweets back from a few people when the Prestige we put up a poll. The Prestige was going to win from the very beginning because it just like jumped out ahead of everybody else. And we got a few tweets and emails from people who didn't who don't like the prestige and, and essentially said it's, you know, it's contrived, it's overly complicated for no reason. And, um, and I, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I think it's a movie to your point, Kent, that begs to be rewatched and to go back and, and, um, understand everything that's happening. But it is, I don't think it's seamless in the way that it puts all of that together, I guess. Yeah, you could be right. Um, but I also think there's something to the point of Christopher Nolan just trying to show how, these magicians were back then and how committed mm-hmm. their lives were to that and like how it's almost like kind of monastical like it's it's, it's yeah it's total commitment to maybe it's overly complex ideal. but that's how complex they were and that scene where kind of the oscar moment for jackson in this movie or jackman in this movie is um him yelling at scarlett johansson like don't you see his entire life is this bit like mm-hmm. how can you not like that his life is a lie, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's, like, super realistic, you know? And that's kind of the most intriguing part to me, or what I think about with this movie, is just the commitment to the reality of it. Mm-hmm. If there's something supernatural that's kind of tacked on to make it a more kind of fun movie, then that's one thing. But I think it stands, like, if that's just all it had was that uh, the deception and the reality and the practicality of it, I, th- I would think this would be a good movie. Um, regardless, but mm-hmm. it kind of tacks on multiple kind of themes on sure. top of that. So it's very deep. And um, he did this between Begins and The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. This is like his peak prime of it. And then he... <laughs> what a life. Right after The Dark Knight, he did Inception. <laughs> right, yeah. So He does the this the greatest, I don't know, the greatest comic book trilogy, really, movies of all time. And in between them, he does this and Inception. Yeah. Like that's... Okay, pretty, pretty, pretty solid, impressive. Yeah, pretty solid run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Dunkirk is. We saw the Gosh, little. We saw the uh, first scene, or we saw yeah. the extended scene when yeah. we saw Star Wars in IMAX. Yep. When we didn't, I turned to Brian. I go, "Is this a scene?" Because right, it was like because it goes on for bit, two. Yeah. It goes on for two minutes, and you think it's a trailer, and then it just keeps going. Yeah, and yeah they did the same. You realize you're watching the movie. Yeah, he likes to do that. He, he did, did that, that with the Dark Knight. Yeah, too. Dark Knight. Yeah, and the Dark Knight Rises. I remember seeing the plane scene. Oh, oh, yeah, the yeah, Dark Knight yeah, Rises. That. That's when they got all the backlash about the voice because mm. people were in the theater like, I don't know what one word that was just said. <laughs> it looked cool. Um, 
so that was Dunkirk looks to be yeah. incredible. I the, mean, the, yeah. how it was shot and um, the color saturation and yeah, all, the so whole look. Pretty. And oh, I cannot wait for that. Yes, it looks incredible. Maybe, that was much better than Rogue One. That's like, a shoe in for Best Rogue Picture One, nominee. I'm not kidding. Part. That's a shoe yeah. in right now. Yeah, it looks incredible. Um, so, and it's got Harry Styles in it. My favorite. <laughs> so you know it's good. The kind of twin aspect of there, or the double aspect, is kind of creepy in this too. Like the, that the fact Jackman that Jackman one, Jackman one like doesn't really, really look like looking, him. Like yeah. it could be another actor, but it could be like CG or <laughs> yeah. makeup or something. Yeah. You don't really it's like. What if Hugh Jackman was a little bit uglier? And here we are. It's kind of creepy. That's kind of the, the what makes Bale and them so genius is because they do switch it up so much. You never mm. really can tell who's who. Um, okay, any other thoughts on? This movie, we spoiled everything, so sorry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, it's 11 years old, so we anticipate that you have seen this movie. Yeah. And you voted for it, idiots, so I don't know why you'd get it. We made all that stuff up, though. This is all an illusion. <laughs> this movie doesn't even exist. Yeah. It's not even the review we're doing. We're actually going to talk to the illusionist and start now. <laughs> oh, uh, I forgot about the illusionist. Edward Norton, right? Yeah. It came out around Jessica the same Biel, time. Bro. Like, same year, yeah, I think. Magic. It was a magic year for cinema. Yeah. Hi-o. Yahtzee. <laughs> Besides the year that Burt Wonderstone and now you see me. Oh, my know. gosh. I forgot. Oh, man. Oh, Burt Wonderstone. There's actually a funny bit in that, in the fact that his theme music is Abracadabra. Gonna reach out and grab you, and every time he comes out, he's dancing to it, and it's Man. like Michael Scott, like dance. Like yeah. that's funny to yeah. me. Steve Carell is funny, but like that movie's not Oof. good. Bad movie. Bad movie. Um, I man, wanna, I'm trying to think. I gotta hit. That song's so bad. Abra, abra, cadabra. I want to reach out and grab you. <laughs> it's kind so bad. Rape, kind of a rapey song it is. too. It is. Most um, 80s songs are. Though. Yeah, that's true. It's a different time. <laughs> Production design in this is great. Cinematography, yep. too. I love the kind of natural, you know, the Thomas Edison style lighting throughout it. Uh-huh. And um, it's some of the best work camera wise that he's ever done. Uh, Nolan. Yeah. I don't know if Wally Feister, who's his normal DP, did, did this one. movie. I think he did. Think Can he you did look that up? Yep, on it. Uh, I know he does did the Batman ones, but I don't know if in between. Mm-hmm. Before he did Transcendence, uh, oh, Wally made his directorial debut yeah. at that. Remember that one? We can all forget that one. I had we forgotten that because one. because we, Dude, I there's was, an hour of it right now on when, the internet. When I was prepping for that, for this episode, you know, I go back and like look at everybody's filmographies and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other stuff that they've been associated with. And I, I clicked on, I searched Chris Nolan on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and it always, you know, it brings up their profile and it's like his best reviewed movie and his worst reviewed movie. And the worst reviewed movie was like 14% Transcendence. And I was like, yeah, Transcendence? It's Wall- what is Transcendence? Oh, we did a freaking episode on Transcendence. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like... I totally forgot about it. Awful movie. <laughs> it was like all that was out. It was like uh, first week of April or Gosh, something. That was, so I like that was it. I remember we recorded Real. that one in the daytime. Yeah. Which we yeah, don't do very often. We went often. through a stretch where we recorded yeah. daytime shows for a while. It was good times. Like we're doing right now. Yeah, look at this. Look at this. All right. It's weird so, seeing you guys in the sunlight. <laughs> where does this rank in Nolan's filmography for you? Is it still... Ooh. I think Inception's his crowning achievement, mm-hmm. followed by The Dark Knight very closely. And then this would probably be right behind Batman Begins for me, like probably fourth place in the Nolanography. Okay. I'm not a big Memento guy, to be honest. So why why not? Just that's yeah. uh, that's the hot take. So I, just, um, I think maybe the overly ambitious aspect of it. I mean, it was before it was when he was such a young. I would love him to make that movie right now and yeah. see what it could be. Um, and I'm not I, in the same way where Interstellar kind of fails. I think it's a little too 
um, unbelievable hmm. in, in some regard. But that's a convo for another day. Maybe we could do an episode on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this will probably be in the top five for sure of the the no ones. So I'll, we'll see where Dunkirk is placed later yeah. in the year. But I think I'd probably have it six or seven for me. I don't love Insomnia, but it has been yeah. ten plus years since I've seen it. And Following is really good, but it is you know it's very simple and small. Um, I'd probably have this somewhere memento and prestige i i think i like memento better but it doesn't hold up as well over uh multiple viewings as the prestige does memento is a great this is really re- kind of this movie, is really rewatchable you know? yeah. yeah yeah you rewatch you watch memento and you don't really you're, it's like man this is really good i don't really totally know what's happening and then you watch it a second time and you piece it all together and then you don't you're not dying to go see it the third time, <laughs> i guess it's a hard yeah it's not an enjoyable movie the way some of these others are uh, but I, yeah, I would the have Guy Pierce is not a Christian <laughs> Bale, but he's such an he's an interesting guy. Uh, but I, yeah, I would have it behind Dark Knight, all the the Batman movies, and um, Interstellar and Inception because I I quite like Interstellar. But uh, where where you rank it? I would say I'd go Dark Knight, uh, Inception one and one A, depending on what Same. mood I'm in that that day, mm-hmm. uh, and then Batman Begins. I would actually have Dark Knight Rises ahead of this, then Same. this, and then uh, Interstellar. Interstellar is probably la- Interstellar. Memento's probably Interstellar is probably my least favorite Christopher Nolan movie. By that I mean it's probably a B plus to A minus. Like he's just really good. Mm-hmm. So when I say I'm a big, I like Interstellar quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's just not. It wasn't up to the rest of his work. But that's. That's fine. I think this is prestige. I think, if I, memory serves, this is his uh, worst reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think it's, it's like seventy four percent. Yeah, so that's pretty good when you've made ten movies. Yeah, everyone pretty yeah. much agrees. Is he the great? Is the, is he the guy right now? It's in terms of like big movies. Is he? I think Interstellar. He took a hit on Interstellar. Yeah, I think he kind of. People down I can't a don't like. I mean, we were we were in the minority. I think it yeah. got good reviews, but we were in the minority of people as far as like. And then I also, really Dark Knight Rises is, was yeah. So his last two were. Okay. So who's the guy who? Not to steal. Yeah, I hate like when the people like the ringer do like who holds the championship <laughs> belt, but like who is the director of twenty fourteen through now? It's probably Denny Villeneuve. Don't okay. Denny or I think, Damien Chazelle? I think this year, yeah, and Damien Chazelle. Okay. I think this year Fair. is going to be huge. I right would now. say more Whoa, Denny. Yeah, it's huge. More yeah. Denny than uh, Giselle is great and is total genius, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But he has not made something to this scale yet. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I He's love making that. different kinds of I which agree. is great. He's but a, to me, they're, like, they're almost on different. I, I think Arrival more, was Denny's first like big scale movie. I though. agree, but he's done it now. Yeah. I'm saying Scor- Sicario was really freaking good, though. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't, it was still isolated. It's it wasn't escalation. Like, it wasn't for a blockbuster. For sure. I think this year yeah. with Blade Runner. I want to see Blade Runner. Yeah. I'd love that. to see Giselle oh, do. It's like, you know, Spielberg could do Schindler's List and Jurassic right, Park. Right. I would love to see. So to me, that's what you have to be able to do. To well, be Chazelle like wrote that uh, Cloverfield. Yeah, movie. I know. Mm-hmm. I so. just want to see. I want to see him. I'm not saying he can't do it, but before I give him the title, I want to see him. I want to see him do all uh, scales. It's like that's why you go Spielberg over even Scorsese because Scorsese did a really similar thing all the time. Yeah, and Spielberg could do yeah. everything. I think it was kind of a letdown. Um, a guy like Trevorrow who did a small scale, and we had all the hope, and then he did. Um, then he did Jurassic World. Jurassic World, where he's like, oh. God. I mean, he, God, just stick to what you, you know. know. I'm not going to be out on him totally, though, because that Jurassic World piece was so off from the very beginning. Yes. And it made it, first off, it made a ton of money. Yes. So everyone 
And I'm not. I'm not. I will give him an. Sequel comes out next year. By the way, I'm going to give it. Yeah, I'm going to give him incomplete. I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if his Star Wars is awesome. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Trevorrow. Yeah. yeah. I think Ryan Johnson. Oh, he's going to kill. Is going to be the director. We're like, man, this Looper, and then this. I agree. Yes, I think he's going to be the maybe. The reason he's not up on that is he just hasn't made a movie in right he, he years, only likes to do movies that he writes and directs yeah. he's like tarantino or nolan yeah. or um in that regard so i think he Auteur. could be maybe the uh, i agree he definitely has the skill set the skill i would love to see tarantino do a character that we already know or like a blockbuster type of movie just yeah. to see, just like just for just to see it I would, I would love to see Tarantino, not because I, I would care. love her to do Bond or something, you know, like yeah, something yeah, that we cool. all know and love and just his take on it. Man, the fact that, well, he wanted to do Casino Royale, Tarantino did, and he wanted, but he wanted Pierce Brosnan, Ugh. and he Strike wanted Bond. to do it in black and white. And yeah. they were like, no, to both. Um, but in hindsight, if he had done it in black and white with Daniel Craig, that would have been I, awesome. I would have been fine with Brosnan. Brosnan, Brosnan with Tarantino could With Tarantino, worked. like he yeah. gives those. I hate Brosnan. I don't mind him at all. You I hate, hate, you hate Travolta, but you see Pulp Fiction and you're like, wow, Travolta's not nah, bad. Because he died, though. That's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> you just still hate him for Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? You broke hates, up a family. And yeah. you hate Sally Field. It's, you have a lot of issues that all go back to Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> to the cross-dressing I love Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, but I'm all I'm, I'm 100% team Doubtfire, not the other people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You even hate the kids. I do. Yeah. Get them out of here. Get Mara Wilson out of here. Yeah. Get this Get fake the, Lawrence out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come back when you're Sean, Sean Hunter's brother. Loser. <laughs> All right. You're so, whole, you only like, uh, you're on the record of only liking Joey and um, the other one, whatever, the youngest. Yeah. You yeah. are out on the middle. Matthew Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Lawrence. Andrew and here. Joey. Brotherly Olin. Love. Remember that show? Yeah. Set in Philly. Yeah. it's the city of Brotherly Love. Oh, man. And they were three brothers. And they were brothers. Very subtle. Very Whoa. funny symbolism. That was um, a thing. Let's do, um, Whoa. let's do grades here. All right. I'm going to the prestige and an A. Pretty solid. Yeah, I think it's an A. David Bowie too, but awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. very good in this. Very small. Very sad to see him again, but it, it works for well. Yeah, I'd go an A as well. Can A, A for me. Triple, Triple A. A rated. All right, boom, stamp it. Well, thanks for joining this little throwback convo. Look for more of these. Maybe look for some more Nolan talk later in the year as we um, arrive on Dunkirk. Yeah, and um, where can we find you online, Bry? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat at Richard Barden. You can find my writing at the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. All that good stuff. Kent, where can I find you? you can find me on the Twitter at Kent Garrison and find us on iTunes. Mad About Movies. Subscribe. Reach out and uh, get involved. We love that. Yep. And until then, thank you to the sponsor. And see you next time at the movies. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs>